Hello, this is the fourth episode of my podcast. Today I'm going to take you back to 2004, when I came back from this amazing experience in San Francisco. Yeah, let me go back to San Francisco just uh, for a few minutes. It just, it was amazing, I mean, to get this opportunity to first to travel all the way to the U.S., to San Francisco, and second, to be able to have this job opportunity in a, an industry that I never knew, and it was op- an eye-opener for me. I realized, I mean, I was passionate about acting when I was young. I, I always dreamt of being an actress, but it was only a dream for me, you know, being this shy, super introvert little girl. I never dared to think about having a career in this industry. But uh, as I said in the previous episode, the fact that I was working in the um, stand-up comedy brought me closer to my dream. And also the fact that I took improv brought me closer to my dream. But I never imagined working in another industry. And actually, I never studied anything else. I studied Arabic languages, as I told you before. But uh, yeah, for me, I, I was just wondering where I was going and who I was. And leaving this experience was really an introspection for me, getting to know myself, getting to know my strength. Because when I was in France with the situation, the bad situation that happened to me, I only saw my weaknesses. And it was terrible. That's why I, that's why I was crying all the time, because you felt like nothing, like, what are you doing with your life? Is there a meaning? And when I, I flew there and I arrived there, I suddenly realized that I, I was someone important and my life means something. And I have something I can bring to to my life and to, to uh, an industry, actually. And realizing that my English was good, you know, because I studied it only in high school and I never had the opportunity to practice it in a professional level. But I realized that, you know, I'm... Maybe I'm a self-learner uh, in English because, you know, when I was a kid, when my sisters, we used to sing a lot of songs and this is how we got our accent. And then I got to improve it uh, with um, living there because I had no choice. I mean, we were working in English. We were, I was living with a, in an apartment with roommates, so I had no choice then to speak English. So this was a great opportunity for me, first to improve my English and then to discover that there's another passion that I have. The passion was the animation, and I forgot about that because, you know, like many kids and many adults now, I, I grew up watching a lot of anime, and I grew up watching a lot of television, you know, because, you know, when I, I, I was born in 1976, so in the 80s, you know, my parents were working, and, uh, you know, when they were at, at work and I was back to from school, what I was doing was not, uh, you know, there were no cell phones at this time, no internet, you know, the, the, time, the time that I didn't spend outside, I was spending it watching tele- television and watching a lot of Japanese anime. I grew up watching Candy Candy, <laughs> that was my favorite. So I grew up with a character that looked like this blonde little girl, blue eyes, big blue eyes, orphan, and I grew up relating a lot to this character. I felt like I was candy candy, I was blonde, I was with blue eyes and and an orphan, so that was funny. But I I never, never understood, uh, and in fact I never knew that there was um, a, a job opportunity, because when you see the animation on TV, on the screen, 
you just think about the people who are drawing the characters, people who are doing the animation. But even that, I never thought about it. I just watched it because you know I was a kid. But when I when I I had this opportunity to try to work there in this industry, especially starting in the U.S., you know when they they you know they didn't pay attention to my. Uh, you know, to, to my background, they just paid attention to what I'm capable to do right now and my personality and this is this was a really great chance for me. It was a blessing and uh, yeah, so arriving there and realizing that there are so many other jobs that can that you can do in this industry when you when you are passionate because I was passionate about animation and video games as well. Because I, I used to play a lot of video games with my younger brother. He's three years uh, younger than me, and uh, yeah, we had every every um, you know every games that were released. We we were the first to buy it, and we were crazy about video games and anime. And uh, realizing that I can work in this industry was like a dream come true, actually. But a dream that I never had because I never thought that it was possible to dream about it. So if you see what I mean, maybe it's a bit confusing, but that's me. Yeah, so, yeah, coming back from this amazing experience in San Francisco, I felt stronger, confident, and so happy that I finally found a career that I want to explore. And, uh, yeah, so the uh, it was an internship, so I... Uh, my visa expired, so I had to come back at some point. You know, they, they extended it, my visa, once, but uh, then twice I would have, you know, have to get married, I mean, to, to get a, another visa and stay in the, in the USA, but uh, it was not on the plan, not for me. So, and then I was missing my family too, so I, I wanted to go, to, to go back, yeah, maybe thinking that it would be easy to find a job opportunity in this industry in France when I come back. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the feeling that I had of confidence, of strength and happiness didn't last. Yeah, as soon as I came back to Trap, you know, the city I grew, where I grew up, my family was still living there, so I had to go back to my parents. So Trap, the working class suburb of Paris, yeah, so going back to my old uh, teenage room, it felt as if I never left. Uh, this feeling that you have changed and everything stood still when you were away. I was super happy to see my family, but then I realized quickly that it was not the best environment for me. I was then again the younger sister that babysit the ne her nephews that I love. Uh, truly and you know I still love them but bringing me back to being only a babysitter come on so I wasn't employed when I came back because I was you know I was looking for a job I didn't have a job before I left San Francisco so I came back without any job opportunity so I came back unemployed and it was I felt it was really convenient for my sisters who who had her who had their kids that were little and looking for someone to pick them up from school or babysit them in the evening when they were going out. You know, they knew that I loved my nephews and I would do anything for them. But yeah, come on, I was, you know, I was single, I was uh, young and uh, I needed more than being a babysitter. It was not a job for me. So I felt like I was suffocating. I wanted to cry again all the time. So it was back to um, 2002. Come on. 
I mean, not only the family, but all, all, all the job interviews that I got, I got that made me feel like my experience in the U.S. didn't mean a thing. You know, I realized that it was not my personality that mattered anymore. My ease in front of the clients, the ability to pitch in English or French, the fast learner that I was and that I am, was not relevant for the, for the companies I was applying to or, or even the companies that gave me job in, in interviews in France. The, the most important thing for them was what was not written in my resume. I mean, where did you study? Did you study anything that is related to the business of animation, to the business of the entertainment? Because at some point I was exploring, uh, working uh, in another category of content like documentaries, features, I mean, not anything that keeps me in the entertainment industry because I knew that it was where I belong, but it was super, super challenging. So, yeah, but, but you know, my personality is like that. I mean, I can cry because I'm, yeah, I'm sensitive. I mean, uh, and I, I, confess, I confess that, I, and it's not, a, it's not a weakness. It's just I'm a human, so if, it, if it's challenging and if it's hard, I, you know, at some point I cry, but then I, I come back stronger, and I, as I'm really, really uh, persistent and stubborn, I didn't give up. I really felt like I strongly belong in this industry, so I knocked on different doors, and even eventually I found a job in a small, very small distribution company, a family-owned business. Um, I mean, they were they were producing some um, anim a French animation, but also they were big fans of anime, and they had this catalog of animation from the 80s that was available for distribution. And when I met them, I met them in Cannes. I was uh, I went to Cannes for the MIP, uh, one of the markets, uh, and uh, I met them. And I came to them, and I you know I asked them, Yeah, are you looking for someone? You know, I have this experience, so I can I can do the distribution for you, and you know. And they hired me after a few months of uh, discussions and negotiations, and, and they were okay with me being a, like a beginner. So I I I did work as a sales uh, TV sales um, manager, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I managed to do some sales. I mean, it was really challenging to sell animation from the 80s when you know, when we were in 2004. But I managed to do some, I mean, especially in French-speaking countries. And little by little, I built my network, even in France, even if when big French broadcasters didn't buy my content, at least I, I built a network, I built a relationship. And I know, and I understood very quickly that it, in this business, it's a business of relationship. So it's a matter of... Uh, Knowing what you're talking about, of course, knowing uh, how the business is working, but also getting to to be interested in people and getting uh, getting yourself interesting. And I mean, when I talk to people, I mean, especially when you have um, lunch or dinner with with uh, someone, if you have nothing to talk about, I mean, we don't only talk about business. We also talk about personal stuff, so we need to be very comfortable. You know, I'm, I'm funny. I make jokes as well. So and and I try to know the person I'm, I'm in front of a lot. So, 
whenever I meet them again, I know if they have kids or if they're married, if not, or we talk about anything. And this is what made me um, build a relationship with this network of people because at the end of the day, now it's been 20 years that I'm in this industry and I, I've known some of the people from for 15 years, 16 years, 17 years, from all these years of experiences. And uh, yeah, it's really a relationship business. And working for this uh, company, I mean, I, I told you it's a family-owned business. It was a small company, and for us, my, my real first experience in, back in France, and the business was totally different than the uh, company I was working for in the U.S., you know, the Japanese anime company with a lot of processes, you know, really well organized. We were, t we were, you know, we had to make reports to Japan. I mean, this one was totally different. I mean, a bit messy, yeah, I would say. But also, the way they were treating me was a bit different. And I have a, a strong personality. I may appear kind, nice. Yeah, I am, for sure. And I'm well educated, for sure. But also, I have a strong personality, and you cannot make me do things that I don't like or that I disagree with. So at at one point, when they discover my um, ability of um, being comfortable with in front of people, that I had a great relationship uh, personality, you know, they realize also that I, I was really charming, and also that men really, you know, uh, uh, how do I put that? I mean, yeah, they feel like I'm pretty and good looking. So they, some men were were really looking at me in, in a way that, you know, that, um, yeah, I don't know how to put words in that. But uh, anyways, for me, it's just business. And if anyone make me a compliment, I take it. But then let's move past this. But my, my bosses at this time, they were like, okay, take the credit card of the company and buy a clothes for the dinner. We're going to have a big dinner with this, big, with this company and we want you to, to be pretty. And, and I said no, because really it was sexism and it was, you know, nothing that I could agree with. Although I really love clothes, but I have a dignity. I need to respect myself. So if you hire me to be pretty in a meeting, that's not the business that I'm in. And it happened to me in this company. And uh, yeah, so it was shocking, but not surprising, unfortunately. But anyway, so we moved past that and they understood my personality. And also in 2004, this is the year where I met my husband and... Uh, so I met my husband in um, yeah in, yeah in a very uh, uh, how do I put that in words I mean I have, I don't want to talk about my personal life but uh, my husband is a big part of my life because he's my partner and also important in my in the way I make business if I'm able to travel is that because I found the right person to live with me and to partner with me in the personal life and business life. So how did I met my husband? So um, I love dancing and on November 27th, 2004, that night I was too lazy to go out. It was Friday and uh, you know I was working all day. And don't forget that I live far from Paris. So my, when my 
friend asked me, uh, insisted to took me to take me out to his favorite club, and I was like, no, I I don't, and it was hard. But at some point, I said yes. So we first met at his place. He was living close to my city. Uh, we had a dinner, and then we went. Uh, we decided to go to the club, and it was a real expedition to go out for us. I mean, the train stopped at a certain time. So we would either stay at the club until it closes or we needed to run to catch the last train. So you you understand now why I was too lazy. So this night, I, as I didn't want to go out at all, I wore the first outfit that I found in my closet. I was, I was not going out to meet someone, even if I was single at that time, but I just wanted to have fun, chill and relax. And I know with my friend that we were going to have a great time. So by then I was singing and dancing. I, I'm a terrible singer, by the way. So, and I saw this man looking at me from the entrance of, of the club. He was not dancing, he was, uh, you know, having a glass and drinking with her friend, his friend. And the way he looked at me, I mean, staring at me, I should say, I immediately le- felt something in my stomach, like butterflies, you know. So it was, yeah, I should say love at first sight. So, um, and remember, I always say that life is short and I, I want to live it at its fullest, so I realized quickly he was the one. So in 2005, I mean, I got pregnant, and we, I mean, we decided we want to we have a baby together. I got pregnant, and in 2006, we welcomed our beautiful baby girl. I mean, now our daughter, she's a teenager. So, so although my personal life uh, was doing good at this time, on the professional level, it was more complicated. Let's say that this company I was working for was not handling its business in a good way. Eventually, they had to lay off people. And when I came back from maternity leave, I I saw the mess and I asked to be on the first uh, batch of people to leave the company. So it was a, a good timing for me because I got to spend my time with my daughter, with my baby girl. And uh, I really wanted to have my kids early in my career because when I didn't have much responsibilities, so I can spend as much time with them uh, without uh, being uh, too uh, too stressed with the responsibilities waiting for me at work or walking long hours and traveling too much. So um, by the time I was laid off, so I got to spend time with her, seeing her growing up, and I was doing some freelance uh, for, for other companies. So I never stopped working, actually. And eventually, I was lucky enough that the company I was working for in San Francisco decided to open an office in Paris in 2007. I saw a real opportunity for me. I loved the company, I loved the content, and I loved the people there. So, But the problem was that my brother-in-law was the one leading the, the European office because the office was handling uh, Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And he didn't want to be the one interviewing me to avoid any conflict of interest. And fair enough, but but the rest of the company really wanted me to join. I mean, the rest of the company in San Francisco, because, I mean, in 2007, they just started the company. It was only him and the HR lady. So... As he didn't want to interview me, um, and the company really wanted me to to get a chance to to work with them, so I got an interview with the lawyer of the company, a person I've never met before because she was new. She joined the company a few years, uh, a, few, uh, a year after I left. Yeah. So <laughs> I will never forget this job interview. It started in the Paris office on the Champs Elysees, 
then, as we were done with a serious discussion, a business discussion, she asked me if I can take her to Le Bon Marché as she needed to go and do some shopping. So we took the metro and in the metro we started having more personal conversation. And she told me she has two daughters and I knew she was a single mom and I asked her, you know, randomly, how do you do? Because I have one daughter, but I would love to have a second kid, but I, I, I don't know if I can have a career and have a family at the same time. And she told me, and I will never forget that, and it stayed in my mind, you can have it all, you just need help. And that's true. I mean, I decided to have a, another kid later on. I, my son was born in 2008. But I could have it all because I hired babysitters. I have a few. <laughs> I had a few, yeah. And my husband is my partner, so we, yeah, we handle our schedule together. So whenever I have a business trip, we make sure that he's available or we have the babysitters available. And so we we manage. It's a, a balance that we we found, and this is a balance that anyone can find. And when I heard her saying that, knowing that she's a top lawyer and she was working for big companies traveling and so if she could do it I can do it too so so it stayed in my mind and I did it and uh, and yes uh, what 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 upset me is that um, most of the time as I right now with my company I travel a lot and even before I used to travel a lot but I love traveling because it's an international business that I'm building with my company and this it and I was doing international sales before so you have to travel and I love traveling and this is how you met uh, you meet a lot of different people and different cultures and this is what I love with my job the opportunity to see different countries and but what upset me is that you never ask a man how is he handling his kids when he's traveling but me, it happens to me all the time, especially when people know that I have kids. They're like, how do you do with your kids? And I only have two kids, and I have some friends who are president of big companies, and they have three kids, and they never, never ask them, how do they do with their kids? Because they have, everybody assume, and we are in 2023 right now, everybody assume that it's the woman who's handling the kids. When it's not, I mean... We are too. I mean, we we made the kids together. We are a couple, and we are handling the kids together. So if it's not me, if I'm not at home, it's my husband who's taking care of the kids. And it's been like that since I was pregnant from my daughter, and I've been traveling always. I mean, I traveled to Japan pregnant. I traveled to the U.S. pregnant. It it didn't stop me, and uh, it it shouldn't stop any woman to have a, if she wants to have a career and have kids and have a family, she can. And again, life is too short, so we shouldn't be having to choose between our life, our personal life, our professional life. We can have it all. We should have it all. We need help. And some, t some people will say, yeah, you need money. Of course we need money. So, I mean, that's why we are working for, so I'm working for. And if I don't have enough money, I have a family in front of uh, who who are living nearby? So sometimes I ask them for for help. I mean, I've been taking care of my nephew, so <laughs> yeah, that's payback, as we say. So yeah, at the end of the interview with this lawyer, I got the job. So I will take you to uh, to this uh, new job journey in two thousand and 
2007 uh, with this company selling Japanese animation again but this time with a Japanese anime I mean Japanese slash American <laughs> company handling Europe, Middle East, Africa where I was hired as a sales coordinator I was the third to join the company. So stay tuned for the fifth episode of my journey. Thank you for listening to me. Bye-bye.